Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Football Talk from the Yorkshire Post, where we'll be discussing some of the latest talking points from the world of football with members of our football writing team. On this week's episode, we're joined by Chief Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Stuart Rayner, and Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Bill Mobshall, to discuss all of the latest developments affecting our local clubs. Don't forget you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging on to our website at yp.sport at nationalworld.com as well as checking out our various Twitter feeds, the main one being at YP Sport. If you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. And if you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages or email us directly with the subject matter as football talk podcast at yp.sport at nationalworld.com. YorkshirePost.co.uk As mentioned earlier in the intro, this week we're joined by Chief Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Stuart Rayner, and Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Leon Wobshall. Good morning, guys. Morning. Morning. Uh, so, uh, this week we saw Sheffield Wednesday fall to a 2-1 defeat when they visited Birmingham City, and we will cover them more in this podcast. Um, Middlesbrough recorded a 3-2 defeat on their visit to Bristol City. Hull City claimed a point in their 2 all draw against Swansea City. Uh, Barnsley also claimed a point when they drew two all against Lincoln City. Um, we'll be covering both Barnsley and Hull City in more detail later on in the podcast. However, in League Two, we also saw Bradford City claim all three points in their one nil victory over Accrington Stanley. Harrogate Town and Doncaster Rovers fell to two one and three two away defeats, respectively. Right, uh, but this week we start with Sheffield United in the Premier League who fell to a 3-1 defeat when Bournemouth paid a visit to Bramall Lane. Uh, the Blades are now four points away from safety, and with the game against Burnley coming up next, will there be much pressure on Paul Hickingbottom and his side going into December, Stuart? Oh, of course, yes, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, you've got to put things in context. Um, I think there was only three teams on the planet spent more money in the transfer market than Bournemouth in, in, over the calendar year. Uh, and they've got some good players to show for it. You know, Antoine Semenya was uh, was very good on Saturday. Marcus Tamania uh, scored a couple of goals. He was excellent. Um, you know, Justin Clivert obviously has to has to live with with being uh, Patrick's son. But you know, they signed him from Roma. He's up. He's no mug whatsoever. And Dominic Solanke's a good player. So they they were up against a good team in Bournemouth, but. You know, we, we, we talk a lot about the, the sort of mini-league that Sheffield United are in. Mm. And when you're in that mini-league, you, you've got to win at least at least some of your home games in that in that league. And, uh, you know, they've now dropped a couple of points uh, against Everton and lost to Bournemouth. But it wasn't so much the fact that they lost the game. It was the manner of, yeah. of how they lost the game. I mean, really, you know, they, they, they went into that match on the back of their... First, first win of the season, followed up by a really good draw at Brighton. They then, then had the further confidence boost of Everton's points deduction. Um, they've got a couple of key players back on the bench and McBurney and Ahmed Hodzic. You know, for all for all that things were going well for, for Bournemouth, they, they were in decent shape too to attack this game. And they just weren't competitive at all. They just they didn't get in Bournemouth's bases. They, they stood off them too much. It was a really lacklustre performance on a day when they needed a really good one. You know, had they lost, had they lost honourably, as it were, had they, you know, uh, put in a good performance, you'd be saying, well, you know, at least there was this, at least there was that. You'd be making the excuses, but it was the fact that they were so limp, 
and 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 now they've got another one of those games. They're playing, you know, Burnley away on on Saturday, as you've mentioned. That's another game they can't afford to let pass by. So, I think personally, I, I'm not entirely sure what what Leon thinks, but personally, I'm of the opinion that Sheffield United should stay with Paul Heckingbottom because I do, I don't see anybody coming in and doing a better job with that squad of players. But every every match that his players go out and play like that just makes it that much harder for the Sheffield United board. And they, they owe it to him as much as anything else. The players owe it to him to really go in and and, uh, and show at Turf Moor the, the sort of fight that was missing um, against Bournemouth. And if they're not good enough on the day, they're not good enough on the day. But to say that you were outworked and outran in, in a game like that particularly is, is just not acceptable. Yeah, I to- totally agree with with um, what you've said there, Stuart. I mean, it's just so disappointing, isn't it? I mean, it, it, a very difficult start to the season, but for a lot of reasons, uh, you know, we're just clawing a little bit back. But obviously, you know, all the all the drama of the game against game against Wolves and shoulder meddling coming from behind against Brighton. I mean, even a little bit before that, you know, against um, the loss to Manchester United, they went there, sort of too far away there was a little kernel of of hope there and you know they obviously come into it on the back of a of an international a decent sized international break um, a couple of players coming back as, as Stuart said and just so just so flat and, and disappointing and you know they've had some some kicks in the teeth Sheffield United I mean I was I was there for for the you know the, the Newcastle much chronicle won the eight nil one and you know that was that was desperate but I think in a you know in a probably different sort of way I think I think that the the game last Saturday was probably as disappointed as as Paul Hagenbottom probably been all season you know to, certainly with you know on the pitch and there's probably a case for saying it throughout his throughout his time there you know he probably didn't see it see it coming there was coming into it on the back of four you know four points from, from six one or two players coming back and it just sort of seeing the highlights shoot was there just seen the total total no show and you know it's the worst preparation you can have going going into um yeah we keep saying huge games and shit that season i mean this one is just ginormous for both teams isn't it you know you look at burnley last last week and they were leading against against west ham and you know, a punishing blow there at the at the end, and um, huge game for for two um, for both managers really. And, you know, you just hope that you know. Remember how well both of them. I'm not just talking about Paul Aginbot here, but you know Vincent Company as well. They mm. performed outstandingly well last um, last season in the Championship, but you know, come, taking aside from the Championship to the Premier League is a, is a few levels up. Yeah, yeah, at the side of me hopes that there will be some. People can give them that they still have some sort of credit in the back of the bank, and there is patience. But uh, you know, it's not finite, is it? You know, the, there's a lot of games going on in in December, and um, uh, you know, the, the, the sort of by every sort of passing bad bad performance, Sheffield United have had one or two now. There's going to be more and more. The mood music's going to going to turn against um, Paul Aguilar. I've got a hell of a lot of sympathy, as as, as I know Stuart has, but. Um, you know, it just it does feel like a big, big game for them on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. You know, Sheffield United fans aren't idiots. They 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 know 
how little they've had to spend. They know with the things the clubs are up against. They know that Sheffield United's best might not be good enough to stay up this season. But they're perfectly entitled to demand that they at least see Sheffield United's best. And, you know, particularly in games like that, you can, you can to, a, to an extent, though it sort of goes against the grain to say it, you can write off games like Newcastle and games like Arsenal. Those sort of games are going to happen. But this was a game where it really mattered. There really was an opportunity. As I said, Bournemouth are a good side, but there are there are 19 good sides in the in the Premier League. You can't you can't just you know accept defeating all of them. They they are still in that battle. They're in that bottom five. They are one of the teams they had to target, and you you at least wanted to see that intent. Whereas for the first 15 minutes, when the game was at nil nil, they stood off them. They let them have the ball. They basically killed the atmosphere at Bramall Lane which, you know, they talk about so much as being a strength of theirs. And Paul Heckingbottom talks all the time about wanting to play front foot football to, you know, to get the crowd involved and just because that's the way he wants to play. And it was it was back foot all the way and it, and it was really disappointing. And, you know, hopefully it will just be a one-off. But it was a really, really bad time uh, if you're going to have a one-off to, to have it. Uh, and they, you know, they really need to... I was just going to say that that's spot on what you're saying there. It's not just about the wins; it's about the it's about the manner of the performances as well, isn't it? Against teams that yeah. that are down at the bottom as well, in terms of the that public relations exercise, almost with supporters, isn't it? You know, if the fans are going to think, you know, we can't we can't even say so we can't even beat Bournemouth, but we can't even compete against them really. And mm. um, that's sort of danger. I think not just. I mean, like looking looking at the games this month. Huge, huge game with with Burnley, and you look a little bit further down the line. I know that um, you'll be doing that game as well, the Luton game as well. And um, they, you just can't, for for Paul's sake, you just think you can't afford. I mean, who knows what's going to happen this month? But two more performances of that ilk against Burnley or Luton. I mean, every week, and quite rightly, the Sheffield United, you know, manager and the players ask the fans to turn up and 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 give their absolute maximum at Bramall Lane. They're going to need that. But, you know, th- there's a deal in part of this. If you're going to ask for that, you have to give that as well. Mm-hmm. And as I say, yeah. the, the, the players just, just didn't do that. And I say that, as Leon pointed out, they've been competitive in plenty of games this season. You know, um, there's been it. There've been a few bad days, but only a few. Uh, but nevertheless, as I say, terrible, terrible time to chuck one in like that. And and, uh, and they have to... We have to see, even if even if they don't beat beat Burnley, we have to see a, re- a reaction in attitude from them. Yeah, yeah. totally yeah. right. Yeah. And uh, next, we turn to the Championship and Huddersfield Town, who were able to battle hard against Southampton and claim an impressive point thanks to Ben Jackson's shot going past everyone and into the back of the net in the 89th minute. This was then followed up by an impressive 2-1 victory when they paid a visit to Sunderland. This now leaves the Terriers six points off the drop zone, and they now face a trip to Swansea City. What do you think uh, we can expect from that game, and what were your thoughts on the performances, Leon? Well, I think with a with a short turnaround, the last thing you you want to do is, I mean, it's a long, long trip to to Swansea at the start of December for for any side, but especially you know backing up um, from a Wednesday night away fixture. You didn't want to be going there on the back of a on the back of a defeat, and you know full credit to, to Huddersfield. I actually I was I wasn't working on Wednesday, but I um, I watched most of the game against against Sunderland, and there's 
yeah, there's there's a consistency to the to the sort of the, I've I've done a few of the games lately to the way that they've they've sort of set up and the, I mean it's been forced by circumstance really they've hell of a lot of players um, uh, injured or unavailable I think I had I think it was third they only had sort of thirteen sort of fit players I think against um, against Watford and the numbers weren't much better for the for the Hull and the uh, the Southampton game so. You know, it's, I think we mentioned it before. On the back of those two, you know, lousy and heavy defeats that they had against, um, uh, was it Cardiff and Leeds, wasn't it? They had to sort of get back to basics and and become hard hard to beat. And you know, play three centre centre half, sort of essentially a five man back line. And it's you know, it's it, it's served them well. They have been resolute, very very well organised. See, they've done a lot of work on the on the training ground and. You know, three goals conceded in in four games. Now that's the right sort of consistency, especially when you're a team at the, the wrong end of the table. It was just about adding those that little bit extra and making themselves a, a, a bit more a bit more of a threat going forward. And um, you know, they went. I did the whole game, and that was just primarily just they went there. No apologies. Went for a point, and very very nearly got one. To be quite honest, and I, I think um, that performance would probably be. A, Put into a bit more context by the fact that Hull have, have just walloped um, another team down there, Rotherham, at, um, at home this week. So, and you know, for the first half against Southampton, it was it was sort of minded on organisation and keeping the shape and, and frustrating Southampton. Went a goal behind. There was little, little at the other end of the pitch, and you know, to be fair to Huddersfield, there was a little bit more. A little bit more dynamism, if you like, and being more proactive in the second half. Um, Sober Thomas got a bit, little bit closer to um, um, to, to Josh Caroma, and they got the goal near the, near the end. And it was, you know, psychologically, uh, it felt like a, a big moment for, for Huddersfield. But the, you know, importantly, they backed it up. You know, supporters all conscious, and Darren Moore will went into, into the game. Was it one win in, in eleven? And um, you know that precious currency of a of getting a victory. I, I think I read. I think you put a Stuart the other day somewhere that you know Paul Eggimont was talking about Sheffield United, saying you know, it's all right chipping away, nicking points here and there, but you sort of almost better sort of winning one um, than maybe losing to them, nicking a couple of couple of draws, and you know that's when that's what it's just what Huddersfield needed. Was it going? You know they had to sort of close ranks a little bit, tough away game going up to the northeast. And uh, you know the commitment organisation was terrific, but there were, you know, they, they, they had a they had a threat on the counter attack with with um, with Thomas, who he, he he gave everything on the, on Saturday, and he certainly did again um, last night. Plenty of others not far behind. Had that little bit of threat, and um, uh, Burzog as well. He he started the game. He had a little cameo against um, against Southampton. Yeah, he's a Stuart no. He probably witnessed as well. He, he's a very, very frustrating player. You don't know, you know, he, he does take the wrong, wrong option from time to time, and you and you sort of banging your fist thinking, "Why have you done that?" But then he'll he'll do like what he did last night. He had one opportunity in the second half, and uh, he nicked the goal and huge three points for for town, just what everybody needed. And um, you know, in contrast, there'll have been a certain amount of deflation. I would have thought said um, among Rotherham supporters when they heard that result. And, um, and probably Sheffield Wednesday as well, even though they got a 
got a heartening point. And um, yeah, fair play to Huddersfield. Chipped away, got a really important win. They've shown the character after what um, what happened at uh, Leeds, especially. And they, if you look at the teams down there, they're showing the sort of qualities um, that you need, and they're not they're not feeling sorry for themselves. Yeah, I mean, you know, basically reading reading Leon's uh, report of the Southampton game at the weekend, it seemed like they did all the things that I've just been complaining about Sheffield United not doing. You know, the the, the injuries are, are, are really mounting up there, but then they're not feeling sorry for themselves. They they got they're getting on with it, and they are having to do things the ugly way, frankly. And you know, Leon's outline, you know, nail things down at the back. And, and sort of work, work on the attacking bits as, as as they go along. But, you know, you look at what that's done to the league table and uh, all of a sudden, you know, they're level on points with Plymouth. They're only a point behind Millwall and Swansea. They're only two behind Stoke. The next two games are at home. You know, they've created a bit of a bit of positivity where really, if they wanted to go down the excuses route, there was a lot of negativity there to be had. Yeah. You know, I, 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 and you you just can't give them enough credit for that. I mean, I think it's fair to say that um, Darren Moore has been a has been a hard or Darren Moore's football has been a hard sell at Huddersfield. It's not been the most glamorous, the most beautiful football you'll ever see. That's for sure. But that's that circumstances. That's what happens when you've got a low budget, a high a high injury list, a new manager coming in. You know, I've, I've written a piece in, in, in Thursday's Yorkshire Post about uh, how Hull City have been, a, you know, a, a, a real building process over the last year under Liam Rossini, and we'll talk about them later. But it'll be similar at Hull. You know, they went for the quick fix last year with Neil Warnock. It was the right thing to do at that stage of the season in the, in the circumstances they're in. But it does tend to put you back to square one. And if you if you want to if you want to build anything, it does take a bit of time and it does take a bit of patience. And I think we're all guilty fans and media of rushing to judgment sometimes on, on on managers. You know, I remember being under a lot of pressure, what, seven or eight games in after those four deals that, that, that Leon mentioned. And you could you could totally see why I think four nil and four one. You could totally see why. But um these things do take time and you know it does seem as though he's getting that level of defensive organisation. And when you've got that you can afford that sort of uh Maverick like Bergsog, who, as Leon says, you, you really can't rely on, but he can just produce that that flicker of magic somewhere uh, every now and then that that just gives you that little bit extra because we know that we know that scoring goals in open play is is, is difficult for Huddersfield. So if you if you just got the say the structure that allows you to have a player like that, it does really uh, it does really give you give you something extra. And now all of a sudden. You know, it can it could very quickly change. Don't get me wrong; they could easily get sucked back into it with a couple of bad results. But at the moment, there's just a bit of positivity to build on. Yeah, and it's just there's plenty of games in December, isn't there, Stuart? If we can just yeah, I said it, you can just chip away, can't they? You know, they might have a a bad day here and there, but as long as you just chip away and get a get a few um, wins this month, I mean, they've got, I think they've got four home games as, as well in, in December, haven't they? But uh, you know, I've, I do feel a little bit for. For Darren Moore in the respect, he's had a little, a, a bit of um, stick from supporters. But you know, when you've got that many players out, and and how hard it is to to compete against some of the sides that you're up against at uh, a championship level with with the squads and resources. I mean, it was ridiculous on on Saturday. I mean, the bench, um, Huddersfield had seven on, um, couldn't fill the bench. Just had 
out of seven, and you know, Southampton had six international. You know, it was just, uh, you know, the the sort of gulf in terms of what each manager had at the, at the disposal was was huge. And um, you know, he, he, for me, he can't really play. He, he can't really, can't really have done anything different in the last in the last few games. Even his, you know, you hope that even. His, his critics had, had realised that he had to make them harder to beat, organised, and, um, and uh, he, you know he's done that. He's building a, a base again, and you know hopefully he'll get one, get one or two of the players back. The birds, logs, Danny Ward came on um, to Sunderland on on Wednesday night, and um, what I was saying in his press conference in the last week, Jack Ridoni might be. It's not a specific date, but you know he's it certainly sounded hopeful that he'll fit. He'll figure again this calendar year you know it adds a little bit more to their um, to their armoury but um, in terms of a group of players giving everything for the shirt that's certainly been, been in evidence in the last um, few games I mean some of the some of the blocks uh, that, that um, they're putting at, at Sunderland were tremendous you know led by unsurprisingly Jonathan Hart yeah yeah and uh, next, our attention turns to promotion-chasing Leeds United, who had to settle for a point when they were held to a one-all draw when they visited Rotherham United. The Whites took the lead through Crescencio Somerville inside six minutes. However, the Millers levelled the score on the stroke of half-time through Hakim Odafin. Uh, this was then followed up by a 3-1 victory over Swansea City, which moved them back into third place. Um, what were your thoughts uh, on the two performances, Stuart? Well, um... They were strange. They were they were well not strange. They were a bit contrasting. They were actually pretty pretty typical of what the what the championship is about at this stage of the season from a Leeds perspective. I mean, uh, we'll talk a bit more about Rotherham down the line. But you know, in terms of uh, in terms of Leeds's game there on the Friday night, I thought they played really well in the first half. Or rather, they played really well in possession, um, but they didn't they didn't put the game away and you know when you're playing at the New York Stadium you can be punished for that mm. um the game against Swansea they, they they weren't as good but but they got the job done and you know in these in these three game weeks in at this time of the year when you're you're really churning out games in in, in the championship and, and when you're going for promotion it's just about that really you know four four points from two games it's obviously not perfect. Six points, six points is, but it, but it's basically job done. Um, you know, Swansea, Swansea are a good side. Michael Duff has sort of turned them from a team that traditionally pass for the sake of passing into into a team that plays with a bit more purpose now, and they, they caused Leeds some scares early on. You know, and and you did you did wonder if it was going to be another one of those nights for Leeds. You know, as 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 halftime approached, but. Absolutely gorgeous piece of skill from Jorginho Ruta to take a, a pass out of the air and then a really calm finish. One thing that strikes me about Leeds, I mentioned it to, to Falk after the game and he, he talked a little bit about it, but it seems to me that he was, he, was, he was a bit critical of their finishing in general, but it seems to me that when players get through one-on-one at Leeds at the moment, uh, Dan James in particular, Somerville, Somerville Ruta, there seems to be a real calmness in front of goal. Uh, and personally, anyway, I just have that much more confidence that when I see them going through in those situations, that they're going to put the ball in the back of the net. And uh, you know that that was what did that was what did the job for them on the night. Um, it, it it was really good. So yeah, it, it wasn't. It it certainly was. They certainly weren't two games that you would look back on with with the the utmost fondness or even remember. 
uh, unduly. But they were, as I say, it was it was just a case of getting the job done. And you know, we saw those of us who were at Ellen Road when we heard the the result come through from Hillsborough, where Leicester had dropped two points at Sheffield Wednesday. It was just a reminder that you know, all teams, no matter how good they are, will drop points in this absolutely relentless championship Mm. and when you do it's just about dusting yourself off and and coming back with a good result and that's that's what Leeds did all credit to them yeah I think I think Leeds are Leeds are fine aren't they really you look at them and um, I think more so with you know there's these huge sort of club games that they've got before the end of the the calendar year and you know you look at some of the just look at some of their options that they've got they can they can um, you know they can rotate and switch it around if need be. I mean, you, you wonder, he, he might freshen it up against middles, but who knows? But, you know, he's got a few games after that, hasn't he? A midweek game at, at Sunderland, not long, um, sort of far down the line. And, um, you know, you've got Gonto, Bamford, Jed Spence is back now. Um, you, you know, Liam Cooper was on the bench, wasn't it, as well, against, against Swansea. You know, they've got a, you know, a, a real... A number of, of quality players to, to bring in and, neg- and navigate this this traditionally this this sort of period that that can find out teams at the at the top end of the table. You find out who are the the wannabes and the contenders, and uh, you know Leeds tick every um, every box for me, and sort of look at them as well when they've had little setbacks so far this season. They've usually reacted, haven't they? Pretty much straight away. I mean they. Um, I think they lost to Southampton. They won the next game. Obviously, disappointed in you know they threw threw away the game really and allowed Rotherham back into it. What I saw last last Friday, but um, they've obviously got back straight on the horse against um, against Swansea. Yeah, you look at them in games as well. They were two 0 down at, at Norwich um, a month, a couple of months, a month half, a month ago. And managed to win that, so you know it suggests as well as the as the talent. Obviously, we spoke before about the good the good spine in the team, and um, you know they've got Piro uh, Root has been playing re- um, really well. Rodon and Ampadu, they've got um, a good characters and a, and a good uh, you know a, a good dressing room, and uh, they're led by a manager who's um, pretty much seen everything what this division um, has to has to offer. So. Yeah, Leeds in a in a very good um, place for me. They've obviously got some they've got some uh, interesting games coming up. So Borough, Blackburn, going to Sunderland. They've got a, a Ipswich just before Christmas. That, that's real. Yeah, as, as Stuart said, it's uh, the championship. Unless you're a pretty pretty special team, you're going to have little things that go that don't go your way. As Leicester found out at Hillsborough and um, obviously lost at Borough relatively recently as well. So yeah, yeah, makes it all interesting, and obviously Ipswich as well. They lost on, on Saturday at West Brom and uh, provided an answer against uh, Millwall. You know the trick in the Championship. I, I remember um, I might be saying once that you know it's um, good sides don't lose back to back games, and uh, you know that's something that I, mean, I wonder if, if Fark has sort of uh, wise to that notion because. You know, Leeds have been very consistent in that that regard, and whenever they've had a bit, bit of a bump, they've usually reacted. Yeah, just just backing up what Leon was saying uh, earlier with regards to Huddersfield and the, the sort of contrast in in resources in the Championship. So Michael Duff was asked after the Swansea game, the Swansea, Swansea manager, uh, what did you make of uh, Leeds' front four? So which his answer was, 
or which four? Because <laughs> you know, for, for all the for all the players they had on the field at the start, they've then got an Italy international in Willie Nonso on the bench, and you know, Leon's Leon's reeled off all the uh, uh, you know some of the other players they've got, and and really, you know, December should be their time because this this is the time of year when you can really make squad depth count. You know, and and if you're if you're fortunate enough to be, you know, playing a playing a midweek game, and suddenly you can bring in Jed Spence for his first first uh, first game of the of the season, or you can, you know, you, you've got it, you've got a, a centre back, you know, picks up five bookings, but you can bring in Liam Cooper, you know, or or you, you know, or, or, or as I say, your 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 wingers your wingers having a bad day, and you can bring on Willie Nonto. There's a, there's a there's a lot of depth there, and 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 this is really the time for for Leeds United to to make the most of that, and that they'll be hoping with the greatest of respect to them that you know teams like Ipswich just don't have that same squad depth to 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 churn out that sort of consistency. But it's it's not just about the quality they have; it's about what Leon said. It's about that it's about that mental mental quality and the calmness that Daniel Fark brings because I've. You know, I mentioned before on this podcast that at the at the really big clubs with the big followings, you know, you think in our Yorkshire respects, we think of Leeds in the Championship and Sheffield Wednesday and Bradford in League Two. A drama can very easily become a crisis. He's very good, as as Leon's pointed out, of, of stamping yeah. out things, uh, uh, you know, straight away and just making sure that they're no more than a wobble. And that, I think, is probably their their biggest asset. Um, in in the championship, yeah, yeah, it's about having the having the stand up business to it, and with the with the you know the squad resources thing we've spoken about, it's never more than this period in the, in a season that you find out what you've what you've got um, in terms of you know on the pitch, but you know also in the, in the dressing room, you know, it's a real sort of test your stamina, doesn't it? This this schedule, and um, I think if Leeds can have a have a good month going into the new year, and they don't mess up um, January. I'm not going to put a target on the back, but I think I do think all bets bets are off in terms of what they can achieve this season. But obviously, uh, a long way to go until January the first. Yeah, I don't know about you, Mark. I think they are just put a target on their back. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to wait and see come January. I mean, it will be a very interesting period. It will. It, it will. will. And next, our attention turns to Hull City, who hosted Rotherham United and claimed a thumping 4-1 victory over their visitors. And this sees the Tigers move into the top six. The game saw goals from Tyler Morton, Scott Twine and a double from Jaden Philogene uh, and a consolation goal from Grant Hall. This must be a huge boost to Hull City's confidence, but at the same time pushes Rotherham United closer to the drop zone, Stuart. Yeah, I mean, it was a strange game to be at uh, as a neutral, particularly as a as a you know Yorkshire Post reporter on a derby day, because for a Hull City fan, it it just reminded you how brilliant football is. You know, they, they were fantastic to watch. They really enjoyed themselves. They really played with a smile on their face and really played some good stuff. And if you were a Rotherham fan. It reminded you what a stupid, horrible game this is. <laughs> you know, because they they were. I, in keeping with the rest of their season, they was they were so good on Friday to to battle their way to a draw against Leeds United, and they were so feeble away from home. They're they're so Jekyll and Hyde. It just must be 
absolutely infuriating to be a, a Rotherham United fan at the moment. Um, you know, I, I saw I saw both the last two home. They are used to it exactly. Yeah, I mean, I saw both the last two home draws against Ipswich and and Leeds, and you know, you come away from them thinking, oh, "This is this is a really good t- team here." That's you know, there's something really there. But then you know, I saw them capitulate at Sheffield Wednesday. They obviously lost five 0 to Watford in the in the meantime, costing Mark Taylor the job. And they were just there was just nothing there against Hull. They were they were really poor. You know, I think what slim chances Wayne Carlisle had of going from caretaker manager to manager will have uh, will have ended there. And they really need to to crack on and get the management situation sorted. But you know, I was saying to Leon in the week, more than a manager, they need a psychologist at the moment yeah. because they just, you know, they're showing all the qualities at home that should serve them well away. You know, being determined and, and good defensively and getting stuck in, and they just they just don't seem to be able to do it when they leave the New York Stadium. But I say that, that that's the negative. We should probably focus more on the positive, which is that that Hall were brilliant. You know, you you always have to caveat in the caveat it in the back of your mind. Well, they are at home to Rotherham, and we, and we know what Rotherham are like away. But nevertheless, there was just a there was just a joy about the way Huddersfield played. Huddersfield, uh, Hull played the football. Um, Jaden Philogene scoring a backheel goal after nine minutes just kind of summed up the mood. And they were they were trying tricks and flicks, and of course they were coming off because it was that kind of day. You know, Tyler Morton was excellent coming from midfield. Jaden Philogene just looks a real quality player. Liam Delap was linking up brilliantly. Scott Twine scored, you know, one of the easiest goals of his life, but because it was his first goal for Hull City, that should be really important for him psychologically. And, you know, you could see the lifting in, in him after that. Where Jacob Greaves bursting out the back like he thought it was Franz Beckenbauer trying to score goals. You know, it, it was just a, a really good performance from Hull. And, and more importantly, you know, their third home win on the trot. They've got another home game to come on Saturday. Um, they're building a bit of momentum. You know, Leon mentioned quite rightly at, at a couple of Hull games earlier in the season that they were they were playing well, but they weren't killing teams off often enough. They're drawing too many games. Well, three games is 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 too few to say they've got over that hurdle, but they're showing signs of of making that next step. And I say if they do, there's, there's a lot of talent there. They also have a lot of um, strength in depth on the bench. And I think if I was a Hull fan, I'd just be really looking forward to the next game and the game after that. And um, they're they're in good shape right now. Yeah, they've had a, it's probably not the right word, really, adversity, but um, both bumps in the road at home, didn't they, earlier in the, earlier in the season, you know, had a bit of an annoying habit of, you know, not being able to kill teams off and drawing games, and um, I, think, I think they had a spell, they didn't win in five, and then they won the last three, haven't they, so they've answered a few, sort of, um, a few of the, of the knockers there, and you know, probably Liam Messina as well, he's he spoke about being a bit more a bit more ruthless and um, at both ends of the pitch. And, um, yeah, I mean, uh, it looked a, you know, a spanking good performance against Rotherham. And um, I think the the result that uh, so I've sort of been drawn to a little bit with Hull was the game on, on Saturday. They were 2-0 down against against, Swan, uh, against Swansea. And, um, you know, it was a bit on the shoulders there and uh, there must have been some harsh words at um, half-time. But the players sort of came together, summoned up a re- response and 
and Vincenio made a, a couple of ch- tactical changes by by all accounts and um, yeah, and, and Hull showed show what they were about and as you know as much as it was obviously impressive in midweek from what Stewart saw against Rotherham, you know that that result and um, manner and character of achieving it against Swansea from two goals behind, you know, suggests to me that um, Hull have a good chance to to be sticking around in the in the top six scene this season. I mean they've um, they, they've sort of bought well in the uh, in the last window and bringing in you know Philogene who looks a you know he looks a terrific young player and he's obviously got um, recognition at under twenty one level with England. Tyler Morton looks a really good uh, loan signing and um, I know Liam Messina seems to think the think the world of him as if to be fair he does have you know all of his players doesn't he really and yeah, you know, I'm a bit impressed with Hull as well. They've got back to that. They've had the odd bump up that sort of defensive sort of um, setup from from last season. That's had a sort of welcome uh, reappearance. And yeah, I just think they're they're entitled to uh, to enjoy the ride. And you know, this time last year it was you know they, it, it was about keeping out of trouble at the other end of the table and um, you know building that back that sort of foundation and being hard to beat this time last year. And, um, you know, Hull have moved it on a couple of notches. You know, there's talk that they'll be, they'll be backed in, in in January, you know, to hopefully harden the, the playoff credentials. And, yeah, it just seems to be a really, really good, positive time to to be a, a Hull fan. And, you know, we've mentioned a, a few times in this uh, podcast, myself and Stuart, that, you know, they, if they want inspiration, Hull... You know, there's, a, there's there's plenty of teams around them. You know, you look at Coventry, what they achieved last season, Luton as well. So yeah, um, it's uh, it's all there for them, and they can look forward to a hopefully a, a vibrant and successful second half of the, of the season. Hmm. They ju- they're just they're just paying the uh, reaping the rewards of, of of identifying a really good coach and yep. and sticking with him, letting him build the job, and that's. You know, in, in their own way, obviously that's that's what Rotherham have got to do now, Leon, and 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 that the uncertainty around the club. You know, the longer it goes on without a manager, is just yeah. is just annoying, frustrating, and potentially costly, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you look at the you look at the I mean, Obviously, it's been confirmed that you know Wayne Carlisle will he'll take the team for the you know he's, he's doing press duties on uh, ahead of the game against Birmingham and. Uh, He'll be in charge for that one, but yeah, you can understand rather than the sort of wanting to get everything right and the, and the ducks in, in a row. But you know, there's no excuses. This Stuart, after this after this game at Birmingham the weekend, they've got you know seven days until the next. They've got back to back home games. I've got Swansea and um, West Brom. You know, a, a week between Birmingham and Swansea, they just simply have got to get that sort sorted out um, by then. You know, supporters will be coming to the New York Stadium. They'll be wanting to, uh, you know, hopefully let's you know let's let's hope that they can somehow get this millstone off the back away from home at, at Birmingham. But if if they don't, they're going to have to. They, they, they need something to buy into, don't they? At, um, you know, ahead of these two home games, and you know, let's be honest, it's been home form that's that's been propping um, uh, Rotherham up. And uh, yeah, you just thought a few. Um, Weeks ago, whenever it was, they got that away point at um, at Southampton. Battled against adversity, you know, a hell of a lot of players um, being unavailable. 
got a brilliant point there. But you know, lo and behold, in the next away game they go and uh, and they were pretty tame against um, Sheffield Wednesday. So it, it must be so infuriating for the for the supporters that for the supporters there that brought them up. You know, historically I've mentioned before, you know, they're, they're away record probably over about the last five or six years at this level has been, you know, it's been, it's been beyond, um, it's been beyond bad, really. It's been absolutely um, uh, horrendous. I mean, they went one calendar year, season when they went down without one win. There went another one, I think it was about March when they won at QPR. That was the first away, get, away win, but they went down that season as well. So, yeah, it's just wrestling, rather than we've been wrestling with this for, for far, far too too long and I think whoever comes into the dugout that is right at the top of the priority is to somehow give the self sells a, a, a chance when they go to away games because you know you look at them in a minute and they've conceded a lot of early goals as well haven't they and um, you know they can't I don't know the exact stats but there can't be many more teams who've conceded early goals away from home than Rotherham and it seems to be as soon as the kid concede one psychologically the players maybe think well that's that's pretty much it then. And, you know, you wonder what the public think as well. So I, I, think um, that, I think that's the key point, Leon. Yeah, you, you, you do feel, yeah. or you, you do feel that they feel when they concede early. Yeah. That's that, you know. Con- contrast with the Friday when they concede yeah. against Leeds uh, six minutes yeah. in and they believe yeah. they can get back into it. You know, they, they just need yeah, somebody yeah. to get into their heads and, and point yeah. out to them that they are actually better than they're giving themselves credit for. Yeah, yeah. and to be, to be fair, they... Um, that's what they did against Southampton. We're talking about it, it's yes, it is. But they went behind early in that game, and yes. um, all right, they rode the luck a little bit, but they got the way back into it. So they've not done it, done it many times, but they have. They certainly have done it a couple of times. But uh, yeah, it's as, as you rightly say. I think there's some a bit of psychology sort of um, going on. But I, I do the one thing I do sympathise a little bit with them is they've had a hell of a lot of of um, injuries and yeah. you know player, player unavailability and these these three game weeks are so so hard for um, uh, for the likes of Rotherham to negotiate and that's not that's not patronising them that's just that's just reality isn't it you know when you've got when you've got injury issues players unavailable and just just freshen it up and cope coping with this um, this sort of schedule you know it's uh, it's hard enough for most clubs, but for, you know when you're, you know in the in the bottom six, we touched on Huddersfield and, and Rotherham. God, it's it's so difficult. Mm. And uh, next, we travel to Oakwell, where Barnsley claimed a frankly bizarre one-nil victory over visitors Wickham Wanderers through a stoppage time goal from Sam Crossgrove. Um, when it looked like both teams were destined to share the points on the night, the Tykes managed to secure all three points for themselves. Um, what did you make of the game and how could you see them going into their next league game against Reading, Leon? Well, it was a pig-awful game, to be quite honest, Mark. Um, <laughs> I mean, the, okay. I'll give... Um, oh, God loves a try. I'll give Neil Col- Collins his due. He did try and sort of talk it up um, um, afterwards, but I think the general consensus was that, it, you know, it, it certainly wasn't um, wasn't the best. I think it, it must have been something like the midway point of the second half when Barnsley actually had a, the first attempt uh, on target. And, uh, you know, to be fair, Wickham came, they've got, they're on a bad run and I think they've got about nine or ten players out 
so they were only going to play one way and they were they were pretty well organized to be to be fair to them but um you know in, in fairness i mean all the we'll talk about the goal all the all the headlines will be about that but you know credit to neil collins in the respect that he's had a little bit of stick from i think it's a common theme isn't it really managers get getting stick from supporters of late and uh he was criticised a little bit, especially in the you know the game before at Lincoln. There was a sellout away, and um, he had chance of you don't know what you're doing. Your football is is um, rubbish. This, that, and the other, and it wasn't rubbish. It was another word, but we'll, we'll not use that. Um, he, he, he'd, he'd been under the under the cosh a little bit, and you know he brought on uh, Sam Cosgrove at Lincoln, and by all accounts, he made a you know a bit of a difference there. Scott um, Barzi scored near the end, but. Then they sort of give, um, give it away with when Lincoln managed to level, but he'd been making a difference. And, it, and to be fair to Collins, he sort of said consistently that you know he, he's he had a disruptive pre-season. Cosgrove at Birmingham, his future was up in the air, and he's um, he's had, he came with came with a few niggles. Probably had to work on his fitness. Consistently said you'll see the best of him as the you know as he gets a bit of wool on his back and at Barnsley, and um, he gets assimilated and. He you had know, a good cameo against Lincoln, and he did. Did he, he turned the game for me against against Wickham? A game going nowhere. It was a good substitution. I thought he brought off Callum Styles, who you know he's a big name player for Barnsley, but it just wasn't happening for him. He had a poor game. He threw Cosgrove into the mix, and he started to unsettle a few more of the uh, the, the Wickham defenders. And um, yeah, they had the best spell, Barnsley, and then they. It just felt a real big moment in the. In the in the season potentially at the, at the end they've had a, look they've had a terrible November for one reason or the other they've they've got a good pounding at um, at Derby they've got heavily beat at Bradford albeit in an EFL game but it's you know you still don't want to lose lose five one do you and um, and obviously getting eliminated from the from the FA Cup fielding a an ineligible player which was you know a totally embarrassing and, and regrettable affair and. You know, they, you know, they've done it tough and you just think they that everyone could, you know connected with a club and certainly Neil Collins needed that moment at the end where you know it was it was bizarre it'll be one of those that will be shown on, you know on festive um, DVDs in years to come 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 whatever and um, I don't know what Stuart thought of it I, I thought it was a fair legitimate goal there was obviously a, a, a drop ball and the you know the Whitman people had the had the ball at his feet. He was trying to. He's trying to waste time. Fair play to Cosgrove. He sort of. He. Uh, I mean, it wasn't even really chasing the lost cause. He just. I think he just thought, I'll, I'll have a run and, and and see what happens. And pressurised him. And you know, at the last minute, uh, the Wickham uh, keeper picked up. Up the ball, got a very slight barge from Cosgrove, and then sort of fell over and, and and coughed up the ball. And you know, it was loose. And to be fair to Cosgrove, he stayed alive and he. And he took the ball away, and um, you know, fair play to the to the officials as well. And you, you probably wouldn't have been given, would it, in the in the in the Premier League with everything? But um, yeah, it was. I mean, the pressure that Cosgrove put on the keeper didn't force him to sort of fall over and then drop the ball. You know, and it was in you know it was active and in and in play, and, and he finished it. So yeah, totally bizarre and, and, and wacky, but uh, you know the. In the final analysis, it could be a, a big moment in Barnes this season, and, and certainly, you know, the best moment in, you know, in a really rough November. 
yeah, I enjoyed watching it, Liam. You know, take away the identities of the team. I'm sick of seeing it where somebody sneezes two yards away from the goalkeeper, the yeah. goalkeeper drops the ball, and it's a foul. You know, we saw it in the in the Man City Liverpool game at the, at the weekend with Allison. You know, they're 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 ridiculously overprotected, and and sometimes you want to just shake a referee and remind him this is a contact game; it's not a netball. So yeah, it was it was it, it was good to see, and and you know, Barnsley needed that as a club. You know, for the reasons for the reasons Leon's outlined, and and yeah, it w- it was lucky in the sense that plenty of other referees would have disallowed that even in the champ in the in League One and and throughout yeah. the football league. But you know, as Leon's outlined, they probably earned that luck with it, that good sub- substitution with Sam Cosgrove. He's had a difficult start to life at Barnsley, sort of forcing the issue and 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 creating that pressure and and sometimes you just need those moments and and that's why i was saying earlier you know if if, if clubs if clubs panic and sack sack managers not that neil collins was in danger of, of the sack but you know we've seen it at other clubs pa- panic and sack managers before you get to that point you know whole seasons can turn on turn on moments like this and and, and it's up to barnsley now to to make sure that that, that that this does turn things a bit. I mean, it's not. I say I don't want to overplay things. It's not like they were in an absolute tailspin and and yeah. things were in crisis. But it was, you know, it was it was what one win in six. It, it was a bit of a and that was a cut win at that. It was a bit of a bit of a wobble, mm. you know, in the in the sense of a team going f- for promotion. Um, you know, they've got some they've got some some tough games coming over the horizon. Everyone has in December. Let's be honest about it. But. Uh, it's up to them now to 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 realise that there's an opportunity for them to kick on again, to seize it, and 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 to and to go ahead and do it. You know they've they've got their issues like every club in the league, but yeah. if you yeah. dwell on them too much, you'll end up at the bottom of the table. If you if you roll up your sleeve like like Barnsley did in uh, you know last season and a couple of seasons before that under Valerian Ishmael and, and what have you, then you know you'll get your rewards. And it's, it seemed like that that's what Barnsley did on, on the night, and uh, that's what they've got to do over the course of December. I think just a couple of quick yeah, I totally agree with what Stuart said there. Just a couple of quick points: a clean sheet for Barnsley at Oakwell that had that annoying. We talked about Rotherham conceding early goals away. It's been a real bugbear for for Barnsley this season at home. Um, but especially conceding early goals. I mean, they, they managed to avoid that. They managed to keep a clean sheet as well, which which is a tick in the uh, tick in the box. Luke O'Connell coming back as well. We've mm. um, He's a player we've spoken quite a lot about. He's obviously got in the PFA uh, League One Team of the Year last last year. Player who really made Barsley tick and showcased everything good about them last year. And um, he's been suffering from a you know worrying illness um, post viral fatigue, and he's he's now getting assimilated back into the team. He had a, a couple of cup starts against Horsham, played in the game against um, Bradford City. The FL Trophy, you know, psychologically a big, um, big moment for him on Tuesday's first home league start since in the league since I think it'd be about May, wouldn't it? Came through, um, got some more sort of miles in the tank, and you know, I think more, more importantly, sort of um, showed leadership and um, and the sort of poise that the Barnsley probably been missing in some respects uh, this season. So that was. That was really welcome to see, and uh, yeah, with Cosgrove, I mean, looking at, I mean, they've got an EFL um, trophy knockout game, haven't they? Blackpool next week. 
I think the bigger thing for me, you know, Cosgrove may start that, but I think he's certainly played his way into a start for the, the next, um, excuse me, the next league game at, at Reading. And, and I think, sorry, just just to add, I think that's an important point Leon makes about uh, Connell. You know, he, he's a, he's only 22, and I've only spoken to him yeah. once, but you could really tell he's a leader. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you know, you can, you can never have too many of them. And you know, in in the long run as well, mm-hmm. if he has a good December, sorry, yeah. No, you're right. Carry on, yeah. Yeah, and you know, if 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 he has a good December and 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 it, you know he gets back into the groove, it gives Barnsley the option to perhaps sell Callum Styles if a Championship club comes in for him, and then reinvest that money. Mm. Don't have to take the option, but it's it's nice to have those options, isn't it? Mm, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. And uh, finally, for this week, we look at our team and player of the week. This week, we turn to Stuart for his player of the week, and then we'll ask Leon for the team that stood out for him uh, most this week. So, Stuart, um, which team has caught your eye this week? Well, in terms of my player of the week, I mean, we're we're often uh, you know biased in terms of um, of who we've watched that week, but um, I couldn't fail to be to be struck by Jane Philogene. You know, scored uh, scored an important goal in that comeback. Leon was talking about at Swansea, and then scored two at uh, at home to Rotherham. I mean, he was so good on the night. It, we, we're at that time of year where if you're playing well in a game and you've got a decent lead, you actually bring off your best players, not your worst players. You know, to rest them up for Saturday. And uh, yeah, he was so good. Liam Liam was seeing you apologise to the crowd for for taking him off with half an hour to go because the, you know there was probably a it was probably a hat trick there for the taking for him, and it, it was just it was just great to watch him. He looks like a really exciting player. Leon alluded earlier to the fact that he's he's broken into the England under under twenty one setup. I'm I'm a big sucker for a, a good old fashioned winger who you know takes people on, and and that's what he is. And and you know Jason Lakilo was great on the opposite wing, but it it was it was really good to watch. To watch Jaden Philogene, he's he's the sort of player who gets gets fans bums off seats, and uh, can't wait to see him again. Frankly, and uh, Leon, uh, which team stood out for you? Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna. Uh, Stuart used the word biased there, and I'm, I'm probably gonna be the same. Really, I've watched Huddersfield at um, at uh, Southampton, and against Southampton, have obviously backed it up with a huge win against against Sunderland. So. Um, I will provide a caveat. I think I think it's worth mentioning Bradford City as well. That mm. um, so Graham Alexander's got um, gone in there. He's uh, uh, you know a, a disappointment in the first game against against Notts County, but they're sort of getting their show on the road a little bit with back to back wins against Accrington and uh, Forest Green. But I'm I'm going to go for Huddersfield. I, I think given the you know, the number of players they've they've, they've had out. And, and where where they sort of were not so long ago after those big defeats we've mentioned, uh, you know they're, they're showing um, they're showing the fight and a bit of a a bit of a strong jaw and um, you know a huge result for them in midweek at Sunderland and the commitment, the organisation and the spirit was uh, was outstanding and uh, the qualities that you that you need to show in any um, successful. Um, uh, relegation fighter, and let's hope Woodersville can pull out of it for their sake. But you know, a little bit of a reminder of the of the Neil Warnock times at the end of last season. Yeah, I mean, you know, you say you're biased, Leon. I didn't see either of those games, and I definitely have gone for Huddersfield as well. With, with as you say, the, the the caveat of Bradford. Yeah, it's great to see. You know, 
we talked in depth about them earlier. Great to see them showing that, showing that sort of fight and, and creating a bit of positivity. So yeah, well, well deserving of that choice, I would say. Yeah, and probably will do quite another, another play another little carrier. It's Sheffield Wednesday, isn't it? They, yes, you know, they've got a great point against against Leicester when um, you know many might have given up that one. And um, you know, I mean, it's wins, isn't it? That, that the need. Let's be honest, Wednesday, but um, you know, fair play to to Danny Rome there is. You know, it's not been ginormous improvement, but they made they made some one or two sort of baby steps and, and positive moves under him. So, you know, let, let's hope that's that's a start of more to come. Yeah, I mean, let, let's hope on on next week's podcast we're talking about how that was so important to the uh, to the results. Yeah. The, the, the result they got at home to Blackburn. Um, yeah, good to see them. Good to see them picking up a point like that. YorkshirePost.co.uk Many thanks to Stuart Rayner and Leon Wobshall, who will doubtless join us again soon for more discussions on the Yorkshire football scene. But don't forget, you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging on to our website at yp.sport at nationalworld.com, or if you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football, or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. If you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages, or email us directly with the subject matter as footballtalkpodcast at yp.sport at nationalworld.com. As ever, many thanks for listening, look after yourselves, and bye for now.